Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. So behind that peaceful countenance, there's, 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 uh, they're up to no good. Not only they're peaceful, Patrick, but they're really, really stupid. Uh, there's <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. <laughs> in trouble, here comes Quinn, missed, but he gets help from the teammates and slow. You know, it's going to be hard to yank him out of there right now. So, you know, he's playing good, and, um, you know, I still have really high hopes for Teddy, and, you know, thing, a lot of things happen throughout the course of this season, so we'll just see how it goes. Uh, Vikings 8-2. and two. It's the superstar Mike Morris, fresh off another great vent line yesterday. Thanks to all your calls and your thoughts and your opinions. Uh, on demand at 1500ESPN.com. Do you want to hear some audio of Judd Zolgad verbally attacking the head coach? In the yeah, press conference after the game yesterday, really selling this. Wow, let's let's hear it. You want to hear it? So really everything is going it. great. This is an yeah. eight and two team. Case Keenum playing the best football of his life. Yeah, what you and say? And here comes Judd trying like to create this. controversy in the locker room. Okay, yeah. listen to this. Are there times where Case does throw the pass like he did, and you go, "Oh boy, is that going to work?" And, and then it seems to. Well, work. I don't really say is that going to work, but sim. Well, you launched it down. You know, you yeah, set yourself uh, for a second. That could be a hit. So yeah, I'm thinking a lot of things at that point, <laughs> but. He's got a horseshoe right now. He doesn't. I mean, did I attack him? But Zimmer refuses to say, yeah. I love Case Keenum no. and he's my guy going forward. Yeah. True story. refuses to say it. True story. Yeah. I'm guilty of, I, I went from that presser right to Kai Forbat's post game little <laughs> session, his locker, yeah. to find out what, what went wrong. You're just I, an ambulance chaser, Well, I just man. said to him, I said, Kai, I said, is this a situation where there was the same problem on both kicks you missed, or was it a different problem? And Forbath said, well, clearly since I missed one from the – one hit the left upright and one went wide right, I think it was, it's a different problem. But I was curious. I never – see, every little thing that transpires, as you know, Mike Morris, in a football game could mean something a down the road. Professional journalist. Of and, and, no I want, question. and I want to see greatness here. And you would, can't have greatness. I would greatness ask you the same question. I would, I, would just say, I would have just said, look, you know – what is it in your head again that you can't make kicks? He he simply said bad snaps. <laughs> of course he did because it, it terrible always snaps. trickles down. Oh, always. I kid, I kid. Uh, you know what? Uh, by the way, uh, the winning field goal in the in the overtime with the Saints versus the Redskins, uh, the snap that on the game winner was laces straight back and he and and the holder didn't turn him. Really? And he hit it. He hit it perfect. Anyway. How far was the kick from? I don't know how long that was, but the winning kick was absolutely straight laces back. So is that <laughs> like, does the holder just get nervous in that spot? Like, let's just get it down. No, let's just, just let's give him something to kick. Watch. Okay, Boom. Straight oh, laces. Oh, oh, straight right. laces. Back. Straight oh, no. laces. Back. Straight, it was 28 yards. 
Straight You're right. Back. It was straight. I'm talking back. about straight back races. And wow. when a kicker sees that, I'm telling you what, they freak out. They're he like, oh have... no, knuckleball. <laughs> he had no problem with it right there. No, he drilled it. Flag nice. was like that. Revez was like, put it down. Jeez. Yeah. Let's kick it. If you have to put it down on its side, Flag used to say, I'll kick it. I'll kick it. I'll, I can lift it up out of here. If it's a, a short field, just I'll, lay it down on its side. Lay it down inside. <laughs> Don't Charlie Brown me. Just put it down. Just put it on. Put it right in your face mask, and I'll kick yeah. your head, and your head will yeah. tumble with the ball yeah, over the crossbar. Exactly. Four bath, by the way. What he meant to tell you was, and it was a good question, was he overcompensated? Yeah. For the correction, oh, because of the okay. kick that went wide. However, it was forty-eight yards. Yeah. He overcompensated on a shorter kick, and that's why it went too far left. Yeah. Way too far, and then it clanked off. Okay. Yeah. That's what he meant to say. All right. He, so he, we'll the, get the answer was, you're right. There was there was a big difference in the way I hit the first one, and the second one. I tried to overdo the the, the left, right to left. Okay. Yeah. There yeah, was he, an answer. See, did, I was mining. Did. I was mining yeah. for answers yesterday. Of course, no, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It was it's a good mining for answers. You know, you're just trying to create schisms in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Schisms. Thanks, what Adam. Do you, what do you have against uh, Coach Zimmer anyway? I like Coach Zimmer. Okay. I like Coach Zimmer a lot, and I I give him a lot of credit because I think a lot of things that we dumped on on him for last year. He has corrected this year, and this I really team, believe that. We were just talking about this star last hour, that the majority of the history of the Vikings has been defined by letting, you know, the letdowns, right? Yeah, the big, the, seven, the 70s defenses, and then the 98 and the 2009, and we could go back in time and all these teams. This team's ability to rise above things or to correct things Okay, uh, franchise quarterback goes down, go find another one. That guy goes down, go find another one. Offensive line is horrible last season, spend the offseason fixing it. Get it right. New offensive coordinator. Uh, they've just been able, to, they've been able to identify talent. They've been able to rise above circumstances that maybe have shipwrecked previous incarnations of Vikings teams. There's a different character about this team, at least to this point, than you're used to as a Vikings fan. That's that's you said something very uh, important. I think is that, and with all the teams, the, the good teams that we've had here before in the past, whether it's the Bud Grant era, or Jerry Burns, or Dennis Green, certainly is that they were all three, all three of those coaches and the administration. We also have a, a, a Jim Finks. I can add to that list. You know, he's in the Hall of Fame, by the way. But they they all were really great evaluators of talent, of assessing good talent. They would at least pool the right kind of talent. Now let let's see what we can do with them, right? I think we do have good talent here. I think we have executives, uh, GMs, uh, finance, uh, cap gurus, Rob Brzezinski, and and people that know how to bring the right people in here and get them signed and get them sealed for for a window of opportunity. Yeah. Well, here's and, a, and I think that that's a lot of the reason. And then Zimmer, good luck. Here, here, here they are. So they built their defense. A lot of first and second round draft picks, blue chip talent, right? Xavier Rhodes, first round pick, Harrison Smith, like the, Anthony Barr was a top ten pick. When you look at the offense, though, and this has been a top half of the league offense, this has been a, the defense is the, is the main reason why they're winning games. But the offense has held its own. It ain't like they're scratching for 9, 12 points every week. They're scoring points. They're moving the ball. I'm going to give you a list of the contributors right now and where they were drafted. It's amazing. Case Keenum, undrafted. Amazing. Adam Thielen, undrafted. Stefan Diggs, fifth-round pick. Pat Elfline, your starting center, probably your franchise center for the foreseeable future, third-round pick. Jarek McKinnon was a third-round pick. Uh, the rest of your offensive line right now, Nick Easton was undrafted. He's your starting left guard. Jeremiah Searles and Rashad Hill, two of your main, they're now playing right tackle. They're your main backups. Yep. Those are both undrafted guys. And then 
three guys you signed in free agency, so you don't get credit for their draft status. But correct, Joe Berger was a sixth rounder. Mike Remmers was undrafted. And Latavius Murray was a sixth rounder. So there, this is we're not talking about a bunch of first and second rounders on offense. This is a bunch of guys who were overlooked. It's incredible when you can find talent, when you can assess talent, or maybe secondhand find something on the on the wave wire or a Riley Reef or someone that needs to ha- to be retreaded or someone who needs to have their confidence uh, tested one more time, see if they're still there or not. I mean, they've done that. And, and you know what? The good teams are like that. The the, the great teams are like that. Uh, on our team, and, 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 you know, back in, like, say, 98, uh, it was Jeff Christie. I mean, he was a second-round draft choice out of Pitt, but he was a second-rounder to the Cardinals, and they cut him in camp. They cut him in training camp. Second-rounder. And, and, you know... They picked him up. They brought him in here. And the rest is history. He was a great player. Really great player. But we had several of those. Johnny Randall, undrafted. He was a free agent. Texas A&I. A&I, right. Yeah. We, had some, we had a lot of guys like that. And people that, that Coach, you know, Co- Coach Green uh, you know, really believed in. And Jerry Ball got a second and third chance here. He, he had a lot of great football left in him, too, by the way. I think he got out early. But Coach Green believed in the guy. And he was everything. The first thing that Denny did is second year here. So we got here in 92. 93, he let go of Keith Millard, Wade Wilson, Joey Browner, and somebody else. Uh, Herschel, I think. Yeah, I think he went to Philadelphia at that yep, point. I think so. Yep, I think you're right. I mean, we're all like, what's he doing? I think, And you know what? I think Chris Dolman, too. They ended up bringing him back. But I think those four or five guys he let go of, and we went... What did we do the second time around? No, we went eleven and five. I think the first year with Denny, because you played Washington in the first round mm-hmm. and got eliminated at the Metrodome. I remember that all field goals. Oh, I did not remember that. That's very good of you. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he had five. Chip Lowmiller had five yeah. field goals. Yeah, fifteen, right. fifteen, nothing or something like that. Oh, anyway, but that, that's. I think that's how the great teams are built. Are on on teams who have great um, talent assessment. They they. You know, they pool great talent. And then it's up to that coach and that staff. And now we have the staff more more realigned than than when Zimmer got here. I mean, Norv Turner no longer here. Pat Shermer, he's in. Uh Spagnola's here. Uh Jeff uh Sperano. Yeah. Uh, Sperano, I'm sorry. I always say Spags that. is still uh, Spags is still on the verge of getting fired yeah. as a coordinator yes. in uh, in New York. But they won Correct. yesterday, so but uh Jeff Davidson, gone. And him in, so it's I, I mean that made a big difference, a huge difference. Who would have thought they would have taken a bust like Alex Boone, T.J. Clemens, uh, Willie Willie uh, uh, Beavers? Yeah, I think he's isn't he back? I think they, 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 back they signed him like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, that was supposed to be the future, and they here here we find all these other guys. They, but that's how teams normally end up, you know, being assembled. I mean. Thielen is the greatest example. That's our. That was our John Randall. Dude, he's second in the NFL in receiving yards right now. He's he. It's it's Antonio Brown and Adam Thielen, number one and number two in receiving well, he yards. Ca- right he now. catches everything. The incredible the incredible thing is if you go to a game and watch him, he never stops going. He he runs. He doesn't he, play when he wants to. Well, he, he does. Run, he just oh. wants to play all he the time. Run, he, but the incredible <laughs> thing about him is he will run his route out. And then he will he'll peel off and then he'll commit a penalty somewhere. He will no, which yeah, yesterday. <laughs> he did. But but what he will do, which is fun to watch, is if a play starts to break down, he goes from he goes from his route to recess football. 
he will he will continue to run and inevitably get open. And here's the impressive thing. Keenum will sort of just throw the ball towards him. I would say 90% of the time, he'll catch it. That's what he makes it. If you watch him play, he makes it look easy. He does. Like you will say to yourself, why can't the rest of them do that exactly? The good and, ones always do. Yes, but he makes it. But if if you're at a game, watch when a play breaks down. Watch what he does. He never, ever stops. You're right. I mean, the, the really good ones, I, I remember when Jack Burns first got here, the coordinator from that we picked up uh, with Denny. Uh, he was from Washington with the Redskins, off fresh off a Super Bowl win, I think. But he used to say that great teams, great football teams, the ones that, that end up in the uh, Super Bowl, great offenses in particular, were great blocking teams. Even the receivers, great blockers. Mm-hmm. And that's what Thielen does. He stays alive. He keeps his route alive, or he ends up helping someone down the field. I mean, he probably ought to change the color of his gloves. Because when you hold <laughs> you people, like and you start holding people, and you start you pulling like at gloves? people. <laughs> it's more obvious. Well, it's pretty obvious that, you, that he's holding them, <laughs> because it's, it's like sending up a warning flare on yeah. each hand. But, um, yeah, but he's a, you're right. He stays alive. He's a hustler. You should he's wear, got, gloves motor. The, wear gloves the color of the opponent's jersey every That's week. That's what the Alvin's used to do. You'll never get called for holding. The old Lyman used to savvy. match gloves with jerseys. <laughs> jerseys. Oh, the Vikings are playing the Bengals. They all have, uh, the offensive linemen all have orange and uh, they have tiger-striped gloves. It's going <laughs> funny how that good. is. I love that idea. That's, That's so good. true. I mean, you nailed it, too. I mean, they used to really do it. I, they the, Every trick in the book. Silicone. They would spray that on defensive lineman jerseys so the offensive lineman couldn't grab them. They, mm-hmm. they get the jerseys so tailored down tight that defensive lineman can't grab them and pull them forward. Uh, all the tricks. Yeah. All the tricks. Well, let's come back and talk more about uh, Case Keenum and uh, you know, some of Mike Zimmer's comments that weren't 100% endorsing of Keenum even after yesterday's game. We'll play some of those, get Mike Morris's reaction. It's the superstar with Mackie and Judd, and we can take more of your phone calls, too. We can open up the vent lines. If you want to chime in, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Mackie and Judd. The and Judd Show rolls on. That's right, sports fans. This is 1500 ESPN. He'll run it this time. Up the Touchdown. Fake. Keenum in trouble. Here comes Quinn. Missed. But he gets help from the team. And it's completed. How in the world did that work? But it did to Thielen, who's got a first down. Showing blitz. Rams bring it. Keenum gets rid of it. Thielen makes the move. And Thielen. Off to the races. Touchdown. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys heard, but the Vikings won yesterday. Yep. They won the game. They yeah. won a football game yesterday. Huh? Uh, they have eight wins and two yeah, losses win, now, Mike. which is a very good record in the National Football League superstar. If you win eight out of ten. Pretty good team. Pretty good team. Ten games, right? Yeah. You win eight of them? Mm-hmm. Hell fire. Now they're, they've got, it's the way they're winning games, too, and it's on the road and it's home, and you're beating teams pretty handily that, that have got power and, and strengths that you have, mm-hmm. but you find ways to to do it a lot better, more efficient. I mean, that Ram offense is dynamic. We, we know about all the talent that, that is on that side of the ball, and we certainly know what's on the defensive side of the ball. We kind of think we have both of those things, too, but we we handled them pretty good. It was at our house, I know, but it was still, we we took it to them pretty good. Jared Goff looked lost to me. A little bit. Second half especially. Yeah, it wasn't going his they, way. They flustered him in a big way. Yeah. They were they were, they were were definitely pressuring him, and that, that throws people off. That really throws—and you knew Zimmer was going to do something to disrupt Goff and that that whole uh, sure. passing scheme of things, and, and it worked. 
Gurley looked really good in the beginning of that game. Mm-hmm. The scripted plays, um, they took the first drive and went straight down the field, and it was in the end zone. And you're like, oh man, this could be this could be a shootout. Yeah, it felt like a kind of a reality check. Oh boy, this is a real team. Okay, and then as it turns out, that was it. They made a couple tweaks, and the Rams did nothing for the next two and a half hours. Here was Mike Zimmer on Case Keenum after the game, and then a question for you, Star. You know, it's going to be hard. <laughs> to yank him out of there right now so you know he's playing good and um you know i still have really high hopes for teddy and you know thing a lot of things happen throughout the course of this season so we'll just see how it goes are there times where case does throw the pass like you did and you go oh boy is that going to work and, and then it seems to well work. i don't really say is that going to work but sim well, you launched it down you know you yeah, set yourself uh, for a second that could be a pick so yeah i'm thinking a lot of things at that point but he's got a horseshoe right now why? What's your best guess as to why Mike Zimmer? I have my theory. You know, Judd has his. What's your best guess as to why Mike Zimmer refuses to just say, you know what, Case Keenum is the starting quarterback of this football team, and it it is no longer week to week. He's just the starting quarterback of this team. Well, I, I my my thought would be that he likes Teddy a lot. Number one, he likes and respects Teddy Bridgewater and what the kid stands for and what kind of person he is and what he's been through, and that. He's all he's wanted to play him, and he's want he's. He, I'm sure he thought that Teddy was going to be his future, you know, with this team, coaching this team, and for many years having that kind of quarterback around uh, to bring along. But it's not there, and it was a devastating injury. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We still don't know how that's going to go, but I'm sure that he has a certain uh, degree of loyalty and a lot of conversations with Teddy now that this has happened to him. I'm sure they've had talks over and over again about what they're going to try and do with him, uh, and and. Case is doing a, a good job for him, and but he doesn't want to say something that would be like reflective of what's going to happen with Teddy in the future, or he'd rather just stay neutral. I can tell he's he's trying to stay neutral and he's trying to stay even keel for both guys, uh, and that Keatum uh, deserves now finally some credit. He's doing a good job, or he's playing good now. That's fine, and but he doesn't really give him credit for having the prowess and the, and the poise. He says he's got a horseshoe which means suggest luck. Yeah. Or he's just and throwing stuff that's being completed for whatever reason, which I don't agree with. I, I really don't. I think he's throwing the ball to the right people at the right time, and they're they're catchable balls to me. I don't, I don't see anyone having to dive to make any circus catches. He He's throwing in stride. Case is playing well, um, and, and I think that I think you can go down a list of why why, in his mind, Mike wants to make the move to Teddy. My number one now is this, though, Mike Morris. My number one is, is yes, there's there's reasons to play him uh, because you, you think there's more upside there, potentially. There's reasons to try and play him because you'd like to know for 2018 if he's the direction that you should continue to go. But the one I hit on after yesterday and seeing that press conference is this. I think in his mind, he feels that if he plays him, he knows exactly what Teddy's going to, to do at all times. And Mike's existence as a football coach is built around defense. It's built around don't screw up my defense. Don't put them in bad situations. Don't give up points because you threw a bad pass. And in the last two weeks now, he has called Case Keenum excitable two or three times. And then he made the horseshoe comment yesterday. And all of that to me screams of, I don't know what to expect from him at all times. And I think this might be based in luck. And if that luck ends on January the 13th or 14th, I'm in big trouble. So I really think that the main reason why in his heart of hearts he wants to go to Ted is he feels that Bridgewater, he knows exactly what Bridgewater will and won't do, 
and he's still not sure with Case, and that might be uh, that might be a reason to do it. It might not be, but I think that's what's going through his the mind. The complicated thing is he clearly thinks Bridgewater is better than Case Keenum when both are playing and operating at full strength. The problem is you don't know if and when Bridgewater will ever operate at full strength. Let's say let's say his ceiling takes ten games of revving up to get to because he hasn't played in two years. Well, you don't have ten games left. No, you don't. You got six. You don't. You're so right. the longer, well, I agree that Teddy Bridgewater does have the higher ceiling, is more accurate, intermediate. Like he he's pretty surgical in that intermediate range. And if given the set of weapons and the offensive line that Case has this year, Teddy didn't have that two years ago. If you if he's at full strength and he gets all these weapons, and he gets Adam Thielen, which he didn't have two years ago, really, I think Teddy Bridgewater is clearly the better quarterback. But it might take longer than put him in against Detroit and hope that he ramps up before the end of the regular season. Like You might have to go back and preseason this thing, and putting him in now, I get why you would do it, and I would not criticize Mike Zimmer for doing it. But you're getting so close to the end of the year doesn't give you a lot of time for Bridgewater to reach that ceiling. That's why it's complicated. Really complicated. I agree with everything you said. Uh, <clears throat> I think that I think that Teddy Bridgewater behind this this offensive line would be exciting. It would be a pretty fun show. Uh, he was able to do some things that I thought were pretty special uh, with the line he had before, which was not good. Not a good situation for a quarterback to exist behind. Yeah. But I think that this year uh, behind this offensive line, I would love to see him play. I really would. I think because he is absolutely a, a dynamic, accurate thrower. I'm not worried about any length of the field, any pass. He can throw long, intermediate, short. Uh, I think that probably the most impressive part, maybe a couple things that are, are real impressive about Bridgewater are his football IQ that I saw when he when Gruden interviewed him on the on his show. Yeah, the, I yeah. mean it was <clears throat> absolutely impressive. And when Gruden says, "I'll tell you what, you're my guy. You're one of my guys." I mean, there's no one that there's nothing I can put up here that you don't you don't get, and Gruden does not say that that often to any of those guys. I saw him interview Derek Carr and you know Winston and all those guys, and Bridgewater was easily the most uh, the most impressive in, in terms of what he knew about the game and how to get in and out of certain plays. And he had Gruden just like wow, mm-hmm. his jaw was dropping. Okay, so second thing, he was he's tough. He is absolutely he's a tough. Uh, a kid, he'll get up and 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 uh, go back to the huddle mad. I like that so much. The Florida game, the the bowl game. Yeah, he has his head almost decapitated from his body. His helmet comes <laughs> off before he can go over and pick up his helmet to put it back on. There's an egg on it on, a, on his forehead that's come up like this big, mm-hmm. all the way across. You've seen it in UFC. Yeah, he puts his helmet back on, goes in the huddle, and throws a 70 yard touchdown. He, he's tough. He's really super tough. He's, he's a fragile guy. He always looked very slight and, and maybe could put on a few pounds. And I think he's done that. I think they've done that with him. So I'm just hoping it holds up. I'm hoping he, he can regain himself and his confidence to play. And he does get that opportunity someday. Let's just make sure it's the right time because we can't afford to squander a game while he's trying to get back on track. Yeah. Got, a like, game now could cost us the division the way the Lions are chasing us. Do yeah. you fear, Michael, if Case continues to play, do you, ha- having seen this game for a long time, do you fear that he's going to make a crucial mistake at a time that's going to kill you? Because that because if your your answer is no to that, then there might be then you might not make that change. You might not if if Zimmer's answer was no. You wouldn't make the change. True. I mean, clearly, clearly, he feels 
he sees enough per game, one or two passes, to say, oh, my gosh, I just can't have this. Yeah, it's a— How do you feel? I mean, there's Bridgewater on the bench right there, dressed on the sidelines. He had a chance after a couple of interceptions a couple of weeks ago against the Redskins. I guess I guess you could have thrown him in there after the after the second pick. He didn't do that, and guess what happened? Keenum answers the bell, pulls himself up by the bootstraps, uh, settles down, and continues to play and pass the football. And they went on and won that game fairly handily. I mean, it, it was it was good that Case Keenum proved that part of himself because if they lost that, that puts everything in a, in a different. The whole, it changes everything as we know it now. I mean, it really does. You lose that game in Washington, you lose a lot of things. You know, the ability to play well on the road against a good team. All those things. You can question all that if he doesn't come out of that game with a win. And he did. So it's I, I'm impressed. Let's uh, let's run a couple real quick here. 651-646-8255. 1500 Hey, Howard. Good morning, gentlemen. This defense is similar to the... Ravens defense, who won a Super Bowl with a below-average quarterback. I would tell you the only team that we have to be afraid about is the Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Eagles, as well as the Eagles, have played. The record of teams that they played are like 40 and 60. And I feel very comfortable in telling you that Wentz can't roll left. And everyone's letting him roll right all the time. Zimmer's smart enough to get him off his key. And there's no other team that really is better than us right now. You know, where I, where I will agree on the uh, the Eagles front, Carson Wentz is a second-year quarterback still. There's a lot of similarities there in that the Rams have this defense and these weapons and this offensive line, but it's still like a pretty inexperienced quarterback that Mike Zimmer exposed. And so I'm fairly confident Mike Zimmer would also expose Carson Wentz in a playoff game. Does that mean they're going to for sure beat the Eagles? Because Carson Wentz got exposed last year, and the Eagles beat the Vikings in that game despite that. So. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to put some points up on that Eagles say, team as I mean, well. He played against us last year after after he came out of the bye week, and he wasn't good. But the it Eagles, great. the Eagles won the game. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, Mike had his chance to dismantle him there. I, I, look, I don't know. I mean, we didn't play very well either coming out of the bye week. I mean, our defense is different this year than it was last year. Certainly, uh, it is not. However, the Raven 2000 defense, it's not. It's a really good defense, though. It, this year, in terms of the NFL today, uh, and where we stack up now on, in terms of defenses in this league, top three, easy. I don't know where you want to put them. Top one through three somewhere. But uh, uh, the, the the Raven 2000 uh, defense is top one or two all time. Yeah. All Bear, time. Bears, 85 Bears. That was really Ravens good, but that was, that was schematic. I'll say this. Okay. The, the Bears is the best, I think, in my, my opinion anyway. But it was very... Gimmicky. It was. It was the forty six. Forty six. It was the Buddy Ryan. Yeah. Uh, the Fensick defense, right? Yep. The bear. The. the I'm. T- I'm telling you, that was. That was just having so much personnel that you okay. could do anything you wanted, and and Buddy Ryan knew. Baltimore how to was talent in your mind. Pardon me. Baltimore was talent in your uh, mind. You know what? They were a straight vanilla defense. They weren't a forty six. Uh huh. They come and get you with a, a straight three four, defense and just beat your pants off and say, "Here we are. Come and get us." And we'll and we'll knock you we'll knock you right through to next year. You know, I, they were they were so physical. They were more physical than the Bears. Yeah, Baltimore. So I, that 2000 Ravens defense, they pitched three uh, four shutouts. They had one, two, three, three or four other games in which they allowed single digit points. They the only team that's in fact only two teams scored more than 14 points on them that whole season, the regular season. That's, that's so ridiculous. That's a different level that's a for straight, sure. That's a straight defense. There were no frills in that. I mean, that's just lining up and playing chalkboard defense too. I mean, that's that's arguably 
better than the 85 Bears, but I mean, that'd be hard. It'd be hard to actually, you know, weigh that in. It's hard to compare year to year. Yeah, different eras. It's just a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Sean, you're on the show. Superstar, Mackie Judd. Oh, hi. How's it going? What's going on, man? My my comment is about Anthony Barr and him hitting Jared Goff yesterday. Is Anthony Barr going to get a reputation, do you think, for being dirty, you know, after the Rodgers hit? And then I thought the hit to Rodgers was legal. The hit yesterday was legal. They threw the flag on that one, but not the Rodgers. Is, is he going to get a re- reputation, do you think? He's got one. I think he got the penalty because of the reputation, right? He's got one right now. They are going to, now, if he drives, I'm telling you, if Anthony Barr drives any quarterback into the ground after he has released a ball for the remainder of this season, it will be a 15-yard penalty, no question. Probably a fine as well. Probably uh, finding a way out of the ball game sooner than the fourth quarter. I mean, I, that, there's two of them on him. I think the one against uh, Aaron Rodgers was was a bad hit. I thought I thought it was late. He could have taken everything off of it. You saw the one with Donaldson yesterday. Uh, I'm sorry, Donald's Aaron Donald. He let off that hit. He still got called for it. How did he get called he, for that? I don't know. I really don't know. But he did. And, and I'm just saying, you can lay off hits. He knew that ball was out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. And I love Anthony Barr. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's a great player. Uh, and I'd hate to see him out of the lineup for any reason, uh, including suspensions. But he he hit Rodgers late, and he hit uh, Goff late, and he put it. He put his helmet. He drove his helmet right in from his chin up through his his, his face mask, and then stuck him. Followed through with it. Uh, yeah, flag both times. Flagrant, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean you can go in like there's other ways to hit a quarterback. Absolutely, so you can go in there. Absolutely. Actually, I think Eric Kendricks uh, hit Goff perfectly, like right in the right in the ribs. That's it's how a, you hit. It's a small window now with the quarterback. You can't hit his legs. You can't hit his you know his chin. So it's tough. Yeah, but uh, Barr's got to settle down. Uh, Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us when we come back here? Really good football-y questions and one about a, a guy who has left this earth. That's awfully cryptic. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, wow. All right. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Seems like the basis for a sitcom. Mackie and Judd. Why not? On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Mackie and Judd. Uh, all kinds of Viking stuff on 1500ESPN.com from yesterday. Ventline on demand, Purple Podcast on demand, uh, all kinds of written content. So go check it out, 1500ESPN.com. Uh, Twins Anonymous and Ed, we see you guys on hold. We should have time before the end of the show to uh, to get to you guys. But first, some questions from Dave Harrigan. Superstar Mike Morris hanging out. Let's start with the Vikings defense. If I asked you to name the guys that have had the biggest impact, you'd throw out the the favorites, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barlin, Vol Joseph, et cetera, et cetera. But let's talk about these guys. Mackenzie Alexander, guys like Tom Johnson, Stephen Weatherly, uh, Anthony Harris yesterday making a big play. Guys like that, the second-tier boys that have made a massive impact. Who deserves the credit more? The GM for finding the diamond in the rough, or the coaches for making them players. Star, I, I think it's hand in hand for sure. I mean, I, they can't deal with them on the field unless you get them signed, and someone has to believe in them. Uh, you have to pull them off the warboard and find them uh, through all the layers and layers and layers of people that are out there wanting to play pro football. I mean, there are people they can go to that are probably seven deep at every position, but to find a guy like Tom Johnson, who I, I'm I'm a big fan of. Um, 
uh, Harris. Um, I don't even know his first name to be honest. Anthony Harris. Anthony, Anthony Harris. Harris. Yeah. Anthony Harris. I mean, good lord, he is. He's way more than I ever thought he was. He can play. It was a nice strip yesterday at the one. He's a good player. He's you know, he comes up with a big play from time to time on special teams. Curse also comes up with a lot of big plays. I notice him around the ball all the mm-hmm. time. He's a heat-seeking missile on special teams. No, I but I I think I think I would give it to. Uh, I, I I would have to say uh, Tom Johnson would be a good selection. He's a good man off the bench now. He can get to the quarterback. Big, big, strong guy. Pretty good against the run, too. Mm-hmm. Really good. I, I would say if I had to pick either GM or you know personnel people or coaching for why these players are popping up, I mean, both deserve credit, so Star is right. But I would say coaching doesn't lie in this case. I mean, everything that Mike Zimmer has touched as a coach – has turned into one of the best defenses in the NFL, from Cowboys to Bengals to now Vikings. And it ain't like he's just getting lucky with personnel on a year-by-year basis. So he is the common denominator across multiple different teams and rosters for for raising up the water level. So I'm going to say Mike Zimmer and coaching staff. Zimmer is the guy, at least when it comes to uh, players on the, the defensive side, who goes to Spielman and says, I think, and says, I like this guy. He fits, he fits, he fits. So so Spielman deserves a lot of credit uh, for the changes that they made on offense and getting things right there. But if you're looking for the reason why this defense is so deep and the personnel works so well, it's because the coach is very good at identifying guys who are going to work in his system. So in that case, it's Zimmer. Let's go quarterbacks because we can't stop talking quarterbacks. Phil, you're still probably the most vocal. You're on Team Teddy still. Judd, you're not completely on Team Case Keenum. And I believe Star, he's all in. He's got Case Keenum fever. So Mm -hmm. for those guys that aren't on Team Keenum, what will it take? Is there anything that can happen between now and Week 7 that will get you fully on board Team Keenum? Or is it still Team Teddy no matter what? In my case, there's not. In my case, there's not because there is the fear of the fact that we will continue to see two or three plays per game that, that are going to yes, that are going to lead you down the path of you're going to get to a playoff game and he's going to make a crucial mistake. And you can't if you call a quarterback excitable, you can't siphon that out of him. You can't make him not that. You can't you can't take a quarterback and say, you can't do this. He's going to say, okay, and then guess what? When something goes wrong, he's going to, to make a pass. And even if eight times out of ten it results in an incompletion or a miracle catch, two times it won't. So, no, there's there's nothing that's going to convince me that Keenum is going to change his stripes enough where where the Vikings are ever going to be or should be completely comfortable. Uh, yeah, if I'm, if I'm being honest and I, and I, not to make it sound like there's a lot of questions about Teddy too. I'm just trying to explain the logic behind why he's even in the conversation on the case front. I'm going to need probably multiple years, like two years of really good performance to wipe away the five years of bad backup performances. And yeah, so, so to answer your question through that prism, nothing's going to happen this year. That's going to make me think, oh yeah, like Case Keenum has reached another level as a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Like I'm going to need to see it probably for all of next year before I think, yep, Keenum has for sure gotten to the next level. You know, right now, he's tied, for instance, with Josh McCown and just above, thanks to a Twitter follower, uh, Tyrod Taylor in passer rating. So it ain't like, you know, it ain't like he's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. So there's there's just going to be natural questions, and the defense is so good that you can get by with question marks at the quarterback position and still win a bunch of games and maybe go to the Super Bowl. So, uh, I you know, I'm 
you can win games with Case Keenum. They're doing it. They're eight and two basically with Case Keenum playing uh, the entire season except for week one. So you can win games. Can you beat the Seahawks and then the Eagles on the road and then Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with Case Keenum? I don't think you can. Does Case Keenum not make the mistake because your defense is the one that's going to win you those games? Your defense is going to your defense is going to be the the thing, Mike, that you you rely upon to win, win you those games. The question becomes: you can't have the quarterback lose you the game. Can like, Case Keenum, that, can Case Keenum avoid being that guy? I, th- I think I think he's proving that he can. Uh, he he's really cut down on his mistakes. He used to make uh, far more than he did like yesterday or the week before against the Redskins. Uh, that was that was borderline. Um, but when you have an it factor, when you have that that moxie in the huddle that I think he has with his teammates, um, it's hard to explain what it is. It is not really a great quarterback rating, uh, as Phil mentioned. It is just making plays when you have to. You you make plays. You pick up on third down conversions when you have to. You make a play happen before the half. You, you're you're coming away with a touchdown more often than a field goal when you get to the red zone. Um, you make something big happen at the end of a game, uh, but that's where he's been a kind of a gamer. I, I you know, I, I, that's that's hard to define, but I think that he's a he's a player. He wants to do well for his teammates, and he's told them that. I uh, I think he had they had him mic'd at one point, and uh, he said, "Look, you're you're the best." Did you did you say that yesterday on on Ventline? Um, somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I remember hearing it too. I can't remember who said it, but he also was mic'd yesterday going into the locker room. I saw this on one of the the Vikings accounts. That uh, he's just going up to everyone, just going up to uh, Pat Shermer, going up to offensive linemen, praising. He he does have a ton of great leadership qualities to him. So Absolutely, humble, humble guy uh, uh, that I've been explained to about several times. Brian Murphy, who I do the 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 Friday afternoon fun fest with, mm-hmm. uh, and he said that he's interviewed him and his father and some other people for articles that he's done. Uh, uh, but he said he's he's very 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 serious minded. He's grounded, uh, very uh, religious. And uh, I, I guess the guy's, I, he's a leader. I think he's got some leadership ability, too. Mm-hmm. I think that'll help. But mm-hmm. when, if you're going to make a mistake or two, it doesn't hurt to be a leader that can say, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i fix this, you know, and just take ownership in the mistake. Mm-hmm. People say I'm no, no good. So yes. No Name Maddox is what you are. The musical stylings of Charles Manson. Dead yesterday at the age of 83, organizer of murders, leader of the Manson family, star, you are a serial killer savant. (laughs) And even though he didn't do the killing himself, I imagine uh, this has to touch you in some way. Uh, Explain to me your feelings on the death of Charlie Um, Manson. I I would just say, first and foremost, that Charlie will never surf. He will never go surfing. That was something he always wanted to do Mm. after he was uh, incarcerated. Um, 30 years of probation didn't work out so so well for No Name Maddox. He was named No Name Maddox because his mother uh, didn't know who his father was. So she nicknamed him No Name Maddox. Her last name was Maddox. Hmm. So uh, now uh, the name Manson, I think, will live on forever as uh, the dark side of, of of humanity. That name Manson sort of just, when you hear it, <laughs> you just think, oh, no. I, just, I wouldn't I, want to be named Manson. I think he was misunderstood personally. <laughs> oh, right. Of course. Well, that was a that was a scary, scary uh, two days back in 1969. Yeah. 
My parents were there at the time. Were, they were lived they in, in Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah, they lived in, in L.A., yeah. In the highfalutin area. Yeah, what the... Roman uh, Polanski and Tate's, Sharon Tate. Yeah, that was a scary one. And uh, what was her name? Folger. In, uh, she was the... And that uh, was the was one the, house, right? And correct. That's the one where they went to the wrong house. Or, correct. Because they... He wanted to kill people that didn't give him an opportunity in the music business. And it. Sharon Tate and the family had moved in to rent that house and were there by happenstance and were all killed. Correct. Well, that's one side of the story. I mean. <laughs> oh, God. And, you're then, sick. and then the next night, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, he, he went to the the uh, LaBiancas, right? LaBiancas. That was the next evening. That was the next one, right. Woo. Polanski was a film producer. Tate was his wife. Polanski uh, was in Folger was a, uh, an heiress to the Folger family, coffee family. Yes, uh, it was. It was. Oh man, it was brutal. Helter mm. skelter. Was there a, another question there? Or was it just mostly? No, the question was. Just, it was yeah, simply an opportunity for Star to give some feelings, and I really just wanted <laughs> to know creepy. whether he, you know, he appreciates serial killers. If he appreciates a guy who's just a manager of killers. Yeah, I do. I guess I guess there's something that can be said for manipulating people that that way and having that sort of power over people. Uh, I wish I could do that. That's really disturbing. Actually, I got a, I got a group of people you can start with. Hey, it's Packer Ventline. Oh man! Oh, these guys need help. Go Pack! Go! You're on borrowed time with Aaron Rodgers. You got a few years, few good years left in him. You need to start rebuilding and restarting. Heads gotta roll. Coaches have to be fired. Players have to be kind of traded. You have to start getting new guys. You already just got a sneak peek of what's going to happen as soon as Aaron Rodgers is going to leave. You already saw the future. If you want to even begin to change that, you got to start doing that this offseason. You actually got to start getting a team together, not just some role players, a whole team together. Well. I'm, I'm guessing that must have been one of the shareholders of the Green Bay Packers. That was an owner right there. Yeah, that was a furious owner. There it is the right Bay there. Packers. I mean, yeah, he sounds a lot like no-name Maddox there. Wow. The, the tone of his voice. I mean, do you think your chances are good when you have your first uh, probation here or uh, parole hearing and, and they ask you, what do you think you might do if you were to be released from prison? And your answer is, I'd kill all the pigs and stack their bodies to the moon. Hmm. Do you like your chances at that point? Or do you think uh, you'll yeah, probably you know, go back listen, to yourself? That's because noble. that's what to, Chuck said. To self-report like that is yeah. quite noble, superstar. <laughs> yep. Well, I said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I'll be leaving here today directly straight to the detention center. Mm-hmm. On that note, it's Phil Mackey here for Luther Brookdale Toyota. Oh, hey! 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. Yeah. If you're looking for a smooth ride, let me recommend the brand new 2018 Camry. Uh, All-new exterior, upgrades on the interior, a driver-focused design. Uh, I had a chance to uh, roam around the lot actually on Saturday and see some of these new Camrys. Uh, The multimedia touchscreen on the interior brings you even closer to your uh, apps on your phone. So we're talking about the Entune system, which allows you to make dinner reservations from the screen on the interior of your car. Uh, that's what kind of technology Toyota is offering in the 2018 Camry, which you can get into for just $199 a month on a three-year lease. Find out more at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com or stop in and see my friends for 30-plus years 
on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Mackie and Judd and Star. Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, let's not scare the children. On 1500 ESPN. Save of the date. 1500 ESPN's seventh annual sports fantasy auction is happening Tuesday, December 12th. Listen all day from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. to purchase and bid on great experiences. With all proceeds benefiting Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute, presented in part by Able Chiropractic and TCL. Details and packages coming soon to 1500ESPN.com. All right, Mackie and Judd, a couple more minutes here. Let's take a call from our buddy Twins Anonymous. You got about a minute here, Twins Anonymous. Thanks for holding, man. All right, Philip, you're starting to be a point of consternation here. You're a smart cat. You know that all this Vikings buildup is just leading to a more precipitous, painful, gut-wrenching crash back down to earth that long-time battle-scarred Viking fans are going to have to process, right? Yeah, I think you're probably uh, pretty accurate on that assessment, yeah. if history is any right. indication. Yeah. All right, Morris, what about you? You got anything remotely amusing or knowledgeable to add, smart mouth? No, I wouldn't say that. I would be accidentally amusing, if anything. I would all say right. probably right, and that would be amusing, because I think you're really wrong. <laughs> All right. But I know, you know what, honest, honestly, until they prove that they can actually go all the way and win one, you're right. Because second place, I don't care. If you go to a Super Bowl, we've done that four times and haven't won one. How's so, it going mean, to end? The, the, the ending the That's end the game question. is that, how, well, yeah, what do they do? I don't know. Twins, how does it end? What's the what's the final chapter? Uh, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> when, when Have you ever had your ass cool to the folding <laughs> chair? Let me ask you if you've been there or not. Morris, you are fixing to look like you ran a 40-yard dash in a 30-yard room. Knock it off. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you're funny, dude. Where'd he go? Is that it? Did he hang up? We lost him. All right. That's too bad. I think he's gone, but that's a good, that's a good one. 40-yard like dash in a 30-yard room. I love it. But he's, but you can't say it's going to end in catastrophe and then not give me the ending. That's, that's the point. key to good this good whole point. thing. I think you I've out. told you how I think it's going to end, so now you got to tell me. Well, Come there's back. only one way that... Like, we know how it ends. All, everyone who has been born and has, and has watched a Vikings game, I mean, there's only one way that it ends but is unless it a, history but is it with a pick? changes, right? Field goal? I want the exact oh, ending. Oh, you mean the exact Yes, okay. I want the ending. Well, well, if you're going to rip my heart out, I want to know how it's going to get ripped out. You want the whole 98 thing. It was the kick. You want, you want the reason. It'll you be Kai yes. Forbath, right? It'll be Kai Forbath. All right, we got to go. All right, Superstar's bye. back with us. Uh, actually, he's going to be one of the callers on Ventline this Thursday, which is going to be very fun. Hopefully, we'll do a couple oh, Bailey's deep. Fun, yeah.